0: Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, September 11th. And right off the top, I want to remember those who lost their lives on 9 11 19 years ago today and those who lost their lives in the weeks and months following uh, in response to that event. Um, I have only been to New York City once in my life, and that was in May of 2011. And I remember taking the ferry back from. Manhattan to New Jersey and just admiring the skyline, which still included the World Trade Center. Uh, Unimaginable that only a few months later, uh, what took place was going to happen. And uh, I remember watching events from 9-11 take place from my college dorm room uh, in Toronto, and it was just uh, harrowing to watch. And again, just uh, sending my respect to... The families of those who lost their lives and were thinking about you today for sure. Before we get into today's podcast as well, I want to remind you that it is available wherever podcasts can be found. So whether you're an Apple user or you have Android and you use Spotify or Pocket Casts, which is my app of choice, please hit that subscribe button and each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download and listen and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on social media, you can find me at E N C McLaren on Twitter and Instagram, where I'm frequently posting about the Bruins and about the podcast. The podcast specifically is on Twitter at l o underscore Boston Bruins. Since the Bruins were eliminated from the postseason by the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, almost a couple of weeks ago, now. We've kind of been going through the reaction from uh, Bruce Cassidy from the players uh, the other day from Don Sweeney and on Thursday, Cam Neely, the team president addressed the media and there were quite a few things that he mentioned that were very interesting. And we're going to go through that now as kind of the final wrap up on the season that was, and kind of looking ahead to what might be coming. Now, The most interesting part of Neely's media availability, which, as always, or during the COVID era, took place on Zoom. Uh, One of the more interesting things was on Zdeno Chara. Much has been made since the Bruins, I mean, almost immediately after the Bruins were eliminated of Chara's future with the team. Was he going to retire? Does he want to come back? He quickly dispelled any notion of calling it a career by saying he wants to be back with the Bruins. He wants to keep playing. He's fine with a decreased role. He's no longer, you know, a power play presence. He's no longer a top forward defenseman, but he's still comfortable playing a defensive role for a team that continues to have Stanley cup aspirations and Cam Neely on Thursday Of Chara said, We have to look at where we're headed, what we need, and what role Zidano can play for us. He added he's a proud man. When he was taken off the first power play, I don't think he was happy about it, but he understood it was probably best for the team. And then he wasn't on the second unit. I don't think he was happy about that, but that's how proud he is. What I do know, he wants to be the best defender out there. He's unbelievable on the penalty kill still. It's something he takes a lot of pride in as any athlete that has all kinds of pride. Like Zdeno, it's tough at times to have change. I was listening to the latest 31 thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman just this morning. And they talked a lot about the Bruins and Friedman said, he thinks there will be opportunities for Chara outside of Boston. And the biggest question is, um, will, the Bruins be willing to resign him or are they preparing for life without Chara? And are they ready for that in terms of it being their decision not to resign him? So whereas once it seemed kind of impossible that Zidane Chara would end his career anywhere, but Boston, it now seems as though the Bruins internally are kind of talking about whether or not, They want to move forward without Zdeno Chara, whether um, it's time to take that next step in the evolution of the team in terms of its leadership and, quite frankly, whether Zdeno Chara at 43 or 44 is going to help the team or hinder their progress moving forward. Uh, Neely said, from day one, since he came here, he brought a lot of stability back in the blue line, in the locker room. The leadership goes without saying. He's mentored a lot of defensemen over the years. He's continued to do that. He has a great quality about him. His work ethic is second to none. And I think it's important for our players over the years to see what it takes to play in the National Hockey League with someone that really had to get to a point to be one of the top defensemen in the league where when he broke first into the league no one was thinking that no one was thinking he was going to play until 43 or 44 and that's a testament on his commitment and desire but again the Bruins have to look at where they're headed what they need and what role Zdeno can play for us in my mind it seems like a no-brainer to bring him back you have a lot of young defensemen that will be stepping up to fill some holes especially if Torrey Krug leaves And he can be there to mentor guys like Jacobs Borle, Yurgo Vakonainen, Jeremy Lozon, other young defensemen who the Bruins are counting on to take that next step. Even, you know, Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo, the future of this team. I'm getting the sense now that perhaps they want to just have a, a clean handover to Charlie McAvoy as the clear number one defenseman on this team. And, um, like I said, whereas it once seemed impossible that Chara could move on, then the door seems to be open for that at this point. Maybe the Bruins were hoping, not hoping, but we're thinking that he'd retire by this point. Um, and, you know, perhaps they don't want to commit a certain amount of salary to him at this point in his career. And it definitely seems like, If a team comes in and offers Chara a deal that the Bruins don't want to meet, that he could, if he wants to keep playing, uh, go elsewhere. And Friedman mentioned Detroit as a possibility on 31 Thoughts, as a team that could take a run at Chara if he's not back in Boston, as kind of a guy who could step in there and help them turn things around from a culture point of view, leadership, and just instilling that work ethic into the team there. And that would be very interesting because in my mind, they seem like a team that could be in on uh, Tory Krug as well. So all that to say, Neely kind of raised the possibility of the two sides not reaching an agreement on his future with the team and if he is intent on continuing to play it could be elsewhere and that's uh, that's pretty crazy in my mind and I would hate to see him in another Jersey it's kind of reminiscent of Daniel Alfredson with the Ottawa Senators although that was uh, more of a budgetary issue as he was making more at the time uh, but those cap concerns may play a role in it and we'll get to that here in a moment but first, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and I am very excited to get my next box in the mail that will include such flavors as caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate and is soft and easy to chew. You can get them in nut or nut-free flavors, and they're all gluten-free, which is very important for me as someone who has celiac. But lest you think that they are just an indulgent treat, they are great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great if you're on the keto diet even. If you go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON, you can get $10 off your next order of built Bars. That's promo code on. For $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com, you can visit their website, mix and match your flavors, put together your ideal box of delicious tasting protein bars, and trust me, you won't regret it. They're very delicious, very good for you, and uh, I can't recommend them enough, to be honest. I mentioned earlier about salary cap considerations. I've said it a few times this week on the podcast that there will be a flat salary cap in the NHL next season, meaning uh, a ceiling of $81.5 million. And I think we're starting to see that this is going to affect teams differently than we anticipated. Whereas once we were thinking, well, perhaps teams won't be able to get all their players under the salary cap, it now seems as though there will be quite a few teams that won't even try to get to the salary cap because of financial concerns caused by the COVID-19 pause and uncertainty regarding ticket revenue heading into the next season a lot of teams count on that playoff revenue even more count on gate revenue to keep their teams afloat and we're not quite sure yet whether fans will be allowed in arenas for the next regular season. And if not, that's going to cause a lot of financial problems for teams, including an original six team like the Bruins who are backed by a billionaire owner. You know, you have to take into consideration the fact that their other businesses are also suffering. Uh, The Jacobs family, for example, owns Delaware North. Delaware North, as we know, is a global food service and hospitality company headquartered in Buffalo uh, they also operate in lodging, sports, airports, gambling, entertainment industries, and all of those industries have taken hits because of COVID-19, so while the Jacobs family's net worth you know, remains high, I'm not a financial expert, but I can only imagine that they have taken some hits, and that could affect the Bruins roster for next season as well. Cam Neely said the Bruins could be a cap team. It's a matter of do they want to be and where they're at and what's going to happen next year in terms of fans and ticket revenue. Until they find out, it's kind of up in the air how many games the season's going to be. Again, if fans will be allowed in. Cam Neely did say ownership has been very supportive, even during these uncertain times here, although we all know that they were reluctant to pay TD Garden staff at the beginning of the pause he said they've been very supportive of making sure that we have the ability to put the best team on the ice that we can. Now, does that include Zidane O'Chara? Does that include Tori Krug? That remains to be seen. I say, even if the Bruins aren't at the cap heading into next season, uh, if they have an opportunity to compete and contend, they would be a team that would add in order to try to win the Stanley Cup next season, in my mind. But, um, you know, I saw some people on Twitter kind of mocking the Bruins for not being a cap team, saying there's internal budgets, but we're seeing that kind of all over the NHL. And I'll mention more about that in the news and notes section here. On Tori Krug, Cam Neely said uh, he doesn't begrudge Tory if they can't work something out that makes sense for him and his family. He doesn't begrudge him for looking to see if he can get a better deal elsewhere. He said, we love Tori." We love what he's brought to the organization, both on and off the ice. He's turned into a fabulous leader for us. But at the end of the day, both sides have to do what they feel is right. Us for the organization and Tori for him and his family. And again, this kind of comes back to the seeming gap that exists between the club and Krug about kind of how long they want this contract to be and what the value of it will be. He is looking for max term, max value, which is very fair. As an unrestricted free agent, the Bruins, with all this uncertainty, going to be a bit more tight with it, and it certainly looks like that's going to lead to uh, Krug landing elsewhere. About Tuka Rask, Neely said, Everybody has issues away from their job, and Tuka is no different than most of us. It's just a matter of how he feels. He's got to handle it, and we are going to have to react accordingly. Tuca has been a fantastic goalie for us for a number of years. He's still got a lot of good goaltending left in him. It's unfortunate the timing of him leaving the bubble, but there's not much we could have done about that. So clearly, Neely seems, you know, not upset, but kind of, uh, yeah, just disappointed of the the timing of it, of the fact that the Bruins didn't have their optimal roster in the bubble. But again, he certainly understands Uh, What took place and why Rask needed to leave the bubble of the two playoff series that the Bruins played Neely said the Carolina series was very fast game in and game out every shift. It was a quick hockey game and he thought the Bruins did okay with that. But when they got to Tampa, they're a very, very strong hockey club. He looked at their size of their defense and for the Bruins to try and get inside the dots was a little more challenging. They refused to shoot the puck, and when they did shoot the puck, they missed the net. So Neely thought that the Bruins made it a bit easier for Tampa's defense than what they could have, and they have to get inside the dots more than they did in the last series. And he's going to be looking at guys like Trent Frederick, for example. If he can play on a regular basis, maybe even Nick Ritchie, that was the ad that they thought was going to be helpful in the forward group to add some size, but they didn't really get as many reps from him as they would have liked in terms of, you know, in the regular season leading up into the playoffs. Certainly, something that they've been talking about since they left the bubble: the size and physicality of the Bruins, and what does the roster makeup need to look like moving forward? Uh, they're going to take a look at. Help from outside the organization, but Neely thinks they have to figure out who in the organization that's maybe playing in Providence is ready to take a next step. And that would be guys like Frederick, Zach Sinishin, Jackson Nika, Jacobs Borrell, Vakaninen, guys like that who uh, had strong seasons in Providence and who could be ready to take the next step on the Bruins roster. Neely sees One of the big areas where the team can improve is producing at 5-on-5. The special teams uh, are obviously key to success. And the power play was great. Penalty kill was fine. But it's that 5-on-5 scoring. Getting inside the dots in the offensive zone. And making it difficult for goalies to stop the puck when they get it on net. um, Is really key for the Bruins. He wants to see them shoot the puck more. Get it on net and make it more difficult for the opposition to uh, keep Bruins outside of the dots and keep making life difficult for the uh, opposition's netminders. And finally, Neely addressed whether the team can keep its Stanley Cup window open for another season or two. Uh, He said, you know, our core guys... Their careers are somewhat winding down and we have to really take a hard look at where we are as an organization. Can we compete for a Stanley Cup? If we can, what do we have to do to our roster to accomplish that? The Bruins have to be really honest with themselves, he said, in assessing the team, assessing the players in the organization, where we think we really are going to be next season, the season after that and beyond. We have to be as honest, as brutally honest as possible about where we think we're going to be in the next couple of years and we have to react accordingly to that. Whether or not that informs the decision on Zdeno Chara remains to be seen. Maybe they don't want to invest any more money in him. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's up in the air at this point. He said when he looks back at this season, obviously they had the strong regular season, but when they come back, Back for the return to play, they were missing their two top right wingers and David Pasternak and Andre Kasha. Uh, Tuka Rask left. That was a factor. Losing your number one goaltender in the playoffs is probably the toughest position to lose. He's not taking anything away from Halak, but that's just the facts, he said. We have to look at all those things and really assess properly, not be reactionary to what happened the last series. Keep in mind and be open and honest about what we look like against Tampa specifically. So all that to say, Neely, Sweeney, Cassidy, it really looks like they're going to do a bit of soul searching here, see what they have in the organization, what perhaps needs to be trimmed, what needs to be added, and what they can do to make the most of the top line that they have together for a couple more years, uh, improvements intended on the second line to their depth scoring and also what could be a pretty heavy transition on the blue line for as early as next season, if Chara and Krug aren't back. Um, so it's shipping up to be perhaps a more interesting off season for the Bruins than I anticipated. And in the days and weeks ahead, leading up to uh, the draft on October 6th and 7th and the beginning of free agency on October 9th, uh, they're, Could be quite a few talking points uh, and it'll be interesting uh, certainly to see how it all shakes out. Let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL. And I mentioned earlier about financial issues that the Bruins may be facing and several other teams are facing as well. Frank Cervelli of TSN reports that 17 NHL teams have slashed costs and reduced payroll Amid the COVID-19 crunch that includes original six teams like the Bruins and the Chicago Blackhawks of the seven Canadian teams. Only the Maple Leafs haven't reduced the pay of staff members. The Ottawa senators received relief from the league even after having their pay cut by 50%. Teams are doing this because there's been no meaningful revenue coming in since mid-March and none coming on the immediate horizon. He that being Frank Zeravelli, also anticipates cuts will affect free agency and salary cap payrolls. As uh, you know, Neely alluded to earlier, speaking of free agents, one who appears set to test the free agent market is senators defenseman, Mark Borowiecki. He's a guy that has, you know, great leadership qualities, very physical, uh, solid defenseman. And I could see the Bruins looking his way. If, you know, They're looking for a guy to step in to fill a role held by Zdeno Chara, a younger guy to be sure. Um, That's something to keep an eye on. I think he would fit that Bruins mold uh, into their culture as a guy that they might look at. Elsewhere, our boy Patrice Bergeron was denied his fifth Selkie Trophy win coming second in voting to Sean Couturier of the Philadelphia Flyers. The other finalist was Ryan O'Reilly of the St. Louis Blues. Couturier said, ever since I came up in the league, guys like Bergeron, Kopitar, Taves, Jordan Stahl, those are all guys that were really tough to play against and really reliable defensively and also offensively. And those are the guys I tried to model my game after. I've long held that yeah, Couturier was going to be a perennial Selkie candidate. Guys like uh, Barkov in Florida as well. Um, and, you know, hopefully Bergeron maybe has a couple more cracks at, at getting that record-setting Selkie win to overtake Bob Ganey. Uh, but it seems like it will only be more difficult now as he gets older and some of these other younger guys like Anthony Sorelli in Tampa I think Mark Stone in Vegas certainly warrants more consideration. Um, Couturier ended up with 1,424 points, 117 first place votes. Bergeron with 884 points with only 21 first place votes. Um, So yeah, it's going to take perhaps a, a pretty big showing for Bergeron to get that next one. But hopefully that's in the cards at some point. And in case you missed it, the Dallas Stars took a 2-1 series lead over the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference Finals last night with a early overtime goal scored by Alex Radulov. And uh, they're my rooting interest at the moment, so good on them tonight. We have the New York Islanders trying to get back in their series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're down two 0 in that series. That's it for me for this week's episodes of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Again, please subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. We are daily, Monday to Friday, part of the Locked On podcast network. And uh, it's been a pleasure to chat with you about the Bruins this week. Now that we've wrapped up the comments from the players, president, general manager, coach, Uh, We're going to move more into kind of the off-season plan for the Bruins, some predictions, some trade proposals, things like that. And I promise to try to get more guests on the podcast in the coming weeks uh, in case you're sick of hearing my voice only on here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating and reviewing. Please do so if you have not already. And I wish you all a great weekend. And uh, just encourage you to continue to take care of yourselves, take care of each other through this crazy 2020 that we're going through. And uh, hopefully this podcast can help you, yeah, just as a distraction and as we continue to build uh, this community of Bruins fans. So, yeah, take care, friends, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Peace.